Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. Today's show is answering a question for the students at Virginia Commonwealth University and their professor, Josh Ridpath, who's been using the Real Estate Espresso Podcast for, of course, content in their program. Professor Ridpath writes, My students found your content on the inflationary pressures of the shipping bottlenecks and increased prices for packaging eye-opening. Among my students, several of them only thought of real estate through the lens of Airbnb. I don't have much experience in short-term rentals. Still, I thought it might make an interesting episode to do a quick comparison between the breakdown of income and expenses for a single-family home used as a traditional rental versus a short-term rental. A lot of them only see higher revenue on a nightly basis and have no basis for things like vacancy, management fees, and cleaning that's not typical in a traditional rental. Thanks for all the great content. Well, Professor Ridpath, thank you for the kind words, and I'm thrilled to know that the content of my show is opening the eyes of many of your students. Your students are in good company. Our listeners are sophisticated investors. Many of our listeners own thousands of units of apartments. So on today's show, we're going to break down a few options for the students at Virginia Commonwealth University. We're going to look at a very simple test case of a single condo apartment within the central business district of a major city and contrast three different business models for that same physical asset. We're going to look at three different customers with three different products based on the same apartment. We're going to look at the traditional unfurnished 12-month lease. Then we're going to look at a medium-term furnished rental and finally compare that against the nightly short-term rental. All three of these can be accommodated in the same physical apartment. Of course, there's incremental investment to fully furnish the apartment. A medium-term rental or a short-term rental will be delivered with all of the expected services, including internet, electricity, linens, cleaning, and so on. I'm going to assume that the condo corporation or the homeowner association allows for short-term rentals within the building. A lot of them don't allow that, but we'll assume that they do for the purpose of this exercise. Now, let's say the apartment's a one-bedroom apartment consisting of 650 square feet. The average market rent in our example for an unfurnished lease would be $1,800 a month in the downtown core. So we'll assume that we can get that rent plus maybe another $150 a month for parking. The total revenue in that case is $1,950. In order to acquire a tenant, you'll often pay a leasing commission to a leasing agent, the equivalent of one month rent or about 8% of your annual income in leasing commissions. In the case of a corporate rental, where major employers in the downtown core are offering a per diem housing allowance for their employees, that's often in the range of about $95 a day. So that gives you a total potential revenue of $2,850 per month. Now, generally speaking, an employee will not want to spend additional money out of pocket above their housing allowance. So you need to price the offering at the housing allowance. By furnishing the apartment at a cost of somewhere between fifteen dollars to $25,000, if you can get 50% more rent, that business case should work all day long. But before we can make that determination, we need to look at the expense side of the equation. Property management will not be more expensive, but other expenses will be higher. For example, you're going to have the cost of water, electricity, heating, and air conditioning, and internet being paid by the owner instead of being paid by the guest. So you've got to count on at least another 300 a month in higher expenses compared with the long-term rental. You also potentially have higher vacancy than you might with the 12-month unfurnished lease. So when you net this all out, the medium-term rental absolutely makes more financial sense, all other things being equal. I personally owned a portfolio of medium-term rentals in the core of my home city. All of my units were within a four-block radius of Parliament, and out of all the years that I owned the portfolio, I only experienced about four months of total vacancy. That's over multiple years and multiple units, and that translated into a vacancy rate of below 2%. 
about as good as you would get in a long-term rental. I paid no leasing commissions to acquire those residents, and my marketing costs were very modest. Now, in the third case, you might encounter a higher nightly rate of $130 a night for a short-term rental. It's a bit less than a hotel room rate and much less than a suite in a branded hotel. But since one-bedroom apartments offers more in the way of amenities with a fully stocked kitchen, many guests, particularly those with dietary restrictions, prefer the experience of a short-term rental compared with the hotel and restaurant travel experience. The problem with the short-term rental is that you're going to experience higher vacancy, higher nightly rate fluctuation depending on the day of the week, high season, low season, and so on. For example, in our portfolio of short-term rentals, admittedly they're up in the Rocky Mountains, we've experienced nightly rates during the pandemic around 130 a night and as much as 750 a night during peak season in 2019 prior to the pandemic. So you really need to get in tune with the market dynamics and use dynamic pricing. In our case, we've been able to fine-tune our pricing and achieve 80% occupancy in our units in the Rocky Mountains, which is well above the market average. But a short-term rental is an absolutely active business. You're either going to be hands-on managing it yourself, or you're going to be paying a management company anywhere between 25% of your gross revenue, in some cases as much as 50% of your gross revenue for the daily management of the units in your portfolio. So while you get a higher nightly rate, and that is attractive, you have much greater variability in both revenue and expenses. The insurance in a short-term rental is also a lot higher. The wear and tear on furnishings in a short-term rental is also much higher than it would be in a medium-term rental. These are three vastly different products built on the same piece of real estate. And when we evaluate the end product, we construct a financial model to analyze all the variables. We then look at the sensitivity analysis to see which product is going to give us the greatest return on investment, the best return on time, which is a little less tangible, and the greatest overall safety. So in our three product examples that we discussed today, all of the things being equal, the analysis would show that the best product would in fact be the medium-term rental in that specific downtown location. See, we look at real estate investing through the lens of product design, where we're designing and delivering a product for a very specific customer demographic. I want to thank you, Professor Ridpath, for engaging your students. While we started with a small example today, I can tell you with all sincerity that the only difference between a single unit or a larger project might be nothing more than multiplying by a factor of 10 or 100. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. I'll talk to you again tomorrow.